Warning, the Dub Talk podcast may contain language that is not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Also, there is always the strong possibility that spoilers for anime series may occur. So be very careful while watching in case there is a series that you have not finished yet. And finally, we here at Dub Talk do not mean to offend any parties involved in the production of anime English dubs. The opinions of Dub Talk are just that. Opinions. You may make of them as you will. But seriously, Funimation, Uncle Marcus is way overdue for a leading role, so can you please fix that? Please, we're begging you here! <sighs> Alright, enjoy. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk, the podcast where some anime weebs get together and discuss their opinions on a recent English dub announcement or review the dub of a series that was recently released on DVD and Blu-ray. I'm Stephanie, and tonight I am joined by my fellow collectors, Hardy and Megan. Whoa. Yay. God damn it, can't you be at least a little bit enthused right now? Enthusiasm is a mistake. (laughs) Well, well, here's something to get enthused enthused about, because I don't know how we did it, but um, we managed to finally get to the last broadcast dub of the winter season. Oh, thank God. I don't know how we did it. I almost ate a man. Andrew was almost dinner. (laughs) I... I think I've aged like five years after this point, just over wasn't, the past few months. Wasn't this your idea to begin with, though, Hardy? I regret apologize everything. For, <laughs> for once, yes. he does not apologize for nothing. Yes, all I know is now I know what coconut cream pies and an F board is, so. Oh, God. <sighs> Never. Tagashi Kashi was a mistake. <laughs> I'm gonna go stand in the rain like some emo kid. And possibly do some hardcore parkour. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Um, but anyway. I'm not gonna get shot in the back by goblins. That's always good. Rest in peace, Robin Bob Goblin. <laughs> the Gablins. Oh, uh, anyways. Anyway. We also learned that you should not host a live stream until 5 in the morning. That's true. <laughs> or an, an attempt to eat an entire package of Oreos without any milk. So, Felicia, if you ever need backup, your kids are here. We will take down your oppressors, Clifford and Godswill. Yes. I, 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 apparently there are a lot of stories I need to hear about because I did not say it for that live stream. But anyways! I didn't either. I just learned about them through Hardy. Team anyways. Cliff's will will be omni-slashed in the face. Any, anyways. And Dragon Fanged. God damn it, we're going to get off track again. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> Nothing new. Anyways, tonight the three of us will be tackling the final member of Funimation's winter broadcast lineup and the series that was probably the most hyped of the season, Dimension W. Uh, this episode has been de- this episode had been delayed for so long because the series is in a rather unique situation as the broadcast up is currently airing on Toonami, um, which brings us to our other reason the episode was delayed to now because. Two out of three of us don't have cable in order to watch the broadcast step on Toonami, and we got stuck waiting, what, it was behind by, like, what, three weeks for some yeah. casting? Weeks, new, the, every two weeks. It was, like, two uh, or three like weeks. Episode one came out when, uh, came out online when episode three was airing. Right. So it's about that. Um, so yeah, apologies And then for number st- three out of three has work at eight in the morning and has to get up at six and can't watch it on cable. Yeah. So apologies for taking so long with this, but... Hardy and I were kind of against um, 
pirating the broadcast episodes as they aired. So my my <laughs> only option my only option would be to watch it at the gym, and I'm not gonna be focused uh, very much on a dub performance when I'm sweating my lungs out. So yeah. So oh, computer. Ugh. Yeah. So that's kind of why it's been delayed until now. Um. But anyways, you know the drill by now. But if you're new here. Three of us are going to be going through the cast list that Funimation released several weeks back, while giving our predictions for the casting, opinions on the actual casting, and impressions on the first three to four episodes of the broadcast of. Since the fourth episode is currently up for streaming as of recording this episode, uh, so without further ado, let's start with the ADR directors because there is two of them this time around, and the scriptwriter. So does anyone have predictions for the directors and scriptwriter? I had one for I have the a director. director. I had one for the director, and I got it right. I had... I got it wrong. I had three predictions for the director, one of which is correct, and then two for the writers. Uh, well, technically you can call it three, but one is a team. <laughs> um, but I got that wrong. Uh, so who wants... Well... You got the I'll go first because I only had one. Yeah, you got it wrong, right? Yeah, so um, this kind of goes along with why I picked who I picked for Grimgar. Was because hopefully Grimgar's episode will be out before this one. It, that's that's the theory. It should up. be out before this one. Theory. Um, if you watch the Grimgar episode, you know I picked Chris Bevins to direct Grimgar. So that kind of left who I had picked up for this, which was Mike McFarland. Because, when in doubt, go for the lowest hanging fruit in the fucking tree. But, of course, I am wrong. Uh, because Mike McFarland ended up directing Grimgar. It's funny that you bring up both Mike McFarland and Chris Bevins, because those two- They're two out of my three director predictions. Mike being first- hey. Mike being first, and then Chris Bevins being my second choice. Um, scriptwriter-wise, my two choices, technically. Um, one was Jared Hedges. Um, I figured that this was gonna be something that could be up his alley, considering he did write Psychopaths. Um, and I remember right, he's, I've heard he's the writer for a show we're gonna be covering a little bit later on. Um, eventually. But, um, my other prediction was the wonderful team of Monica Real and Josh Greeley. Uh, cause I felt like- The team really? <laughs> yes. Cause I felt like- I felt like this could be something that the two of them could handle. Considering Oh, how really? I kind of think so, yeah. And I wanted to see, like, a different a different genre. Because, I mean, they've written for Tokyo Ghoul together, and they've written for Seraph together. So I kind of... They write a lot of things together as an amazing duo. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to see what they would do with sci-fi. That was my other interest. So, director-wise... Well, actually, let's start with the scriptwriter. Um, the scriptwriter... I don't know how I couldn't guess this. It's Bonnie Clunk and Beard as the scriptwriter for the show. The directors... One of these directors is Bonnie. Bonnie's sister, correct? They're I sisters, think right? So. Sister, the relation somehow. Um, Colleen Plunkenbeard is one of the directors. The other director, and my third choice, as well as Hardy's prediction for the director, um, Hardy. Who is this person? Zach Bolton. Mm -hmm. And the reason I predicted him was because he directed another little show in a very similar situation to this called Space Dandy. Yep. And and another thing is that we haven't seen him directing hardly any of the broadcast dubs ever since Death Parade. 
and I figured he was due for another one. And seeing as how he also covered Space Dandy, I think it would probably he would probably have a good shot at doing this. So that's why I went with him, and that's who they picked. I remember when we all thought Zach Bolton was doing another show, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the reason I don't want to say which one it is. Yeah, the reason Gangsta. I the reason I picked Zach Bolton it wasn't actually because of Space Dandy, though I can kind of see why you would say that because Space Dandy's dub did premiere on Toonami. Um, but the reason I went with Zach Bolton was because of Psychopaths and his directing work for Psychopaths. Mm. So I figured like the tone and like the sci-fi aspects between the two are, are pretty similar. So I felt like Zach Bolton could translate over to this one pretty well. Um, and yeah, you are right. He's been long overdue to do a broadcast dub because I know, because I think he, he has been working on directing stuff, just not broadcast dubs. Mm. So, because I know he was, because he was working on, um, what, Soul Eater not finished up by the time last spring came around, but he was working on, he was probably working on the, um, Oh god, Ghost in the Shell Rise film, I think it was. We, who did- God, who directed, um, Empire of Corpses? Was that him, too? The, we a dub that? hasn't been announced. Okay, um. so, <laughs> trying to get back to this. So, other shows you may have seen Zach Bolton direct. How the hell do you direct Absolute Duo, first of all? Mm. Because someone had to do it. Uh, <laughs> apparently. He's just like the, the four fucker who had, just like Cliff had to do Divine Gate, everybody gets one. Yeah, he also, Zach Bolton's also the director for Yamada's First Time, uh, one of the oh, case close movies. He also is the director for A Certain Magical Index and Certain Scientific Railgun. He has directed, of course, Death Parade. He is the director for Desert Punk. He is the director for um, Edeka 7 AO, as well as Guy Ray Zero. And a variety of other things. Um, Colleen Clunkenbeard, um, our other wonderful director helping out on this one. She has directed series such as Aesthetica of a Rogue Hero, Ew. Baka and Tess 2, uh, Black Butler for some episodes. Uh, she's the director for Brothers Conflict. I was like, talk about her crowning achievement. <laughs> yes. She's the director for Fractal, which I gotta watch for the other podcast I do. She's a director for Guilty Crown. Yeah. Uh, she's also done Legend of the Legendary Heroes, as well as Panty and Stocking with Garter Belt, The Rolling Girls. Uh, Sergeant Frog is one that she has done. She's done Tokyo Ravens. She's also done directing for Yona of the Dawn, of course. Um, script writing wise, for Bonnie Clunkenbeard. Uh, she's done scripts for the Black Butler franchise, the Certain Magical Index and Railgun franchise. She's done the script for Death Parade. She did the script for uh, Disappearance of Nagato Yuki-chan. She's done a variety of scripts. She's the lead writer, because um, this episode will have come out by then, But uh, for Grimgar. She is, she's done scripts for Dandy, Space Dandy, Soul Leader Not, and Soul Leader, uh, Rolling Girls, Robotics Note, Red Data Girl, uh, Noragami, she's the scriptwriter for, and a variety of other things. Uh, so, directing and scripting-wise, how do we feel about this trio of staff members? Yeah, it's fine. Fine. And maybe a bit too fine, if you fine. want to get in particular for it. Okay, let's just get it out of the way now, guys. 
so we don't sound like a bunch of depressed walruses. God, is this show too safe? It is. It really is. And when I was thinking about it, I'm like, you know, the dub has no problems, and therein lies the problem. It doesn't take any chances. You know, there's no... I mean, we often complain about lines being changed or, or deviating from the subtitle script, but... Some of that should have happened in this case because it's just, it's kind of vanilla. It, yeah. Which is weird for a show that does, um, God, I, I know at least in my case, I actually, I'm not a very big fan of the show and this has been the first time I've actually done an episode where I wasn't really excited for the episode or like, super like super 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 into it and i remember i was like okay i'm entertained watching this specifically episode two kind of got me the best um but i was like wow this is just a little too perfect and it's like okay i mean it's not bad it's one of those things where like you admit it's a, it's something that's really good, and you can see the wide appeal of it. But at the same time, it's like, wow, there are other shows that are taking risks with some of its casting and its writing, and this ain't one of they're them. They're a lot more interesting, and some of them, and in some cases, some of the same staff is on there. Some of the same casting as well. Yeah, yeah. I think part of the issue. Um, is that, well, we're kind of used to, like, these big risks and these newcomers coming in, but the bigger thing that I think may have, may have a play a factor in this is the fact that this show is, like, premiering its dub on Toonami. I think that might have a huge, like, effect on it. Because, like, similar with, like, Space Dandy, because that was the first time they were trying, like, the whole simulcast airing in Japan kind of thing. So they wanted to make sure the dub was really good. And like some of the casting, like you you possibly could argue that it was safe depending on who you're talking about, but at the same time it did manage to stand out. I think I mean I do think Ian Sinclair is a godsend for that one, but still, but I, you see what I'm saying. Though. I would argue Space Dandy took a lot more challenges than you might think. They took more risk mm. with that one because they were on such and it's impressive because they were on such a crunch, even more so than than here in Dimension W, because the episode was actually coming out before it was coming out in Japan. And okay, that is also that be, is fair. It's, I feel also B Space Dandy also could get away with a little bit more because it was a comedy, right? Mm. Yep. Where That's this true. is not a comedy, mm -hmm. or at least not an intentional comedy. Like <laughs> it's not to say there isn't funny moments, but there's this is a more serious show, right? That probably that does probably play a lot into it, but yeah, I think the fact that it is broadcasting on Toonami may have played a huge role in terms of casting, because like Toonami, current like the current lineup as of right now, it's like obviously One Piece and Naruto is in there. I don't recall if Bleach is still Parasite. on there. Right Parasite. Parasite is finishing up right now. Akame got killed. Finished a couple, a few like at least a month or so. Hunter ago. X Hunter X Hunter is coming. Is, yeah, you can see kind of, like, the correlation with, like, the shows that are on there. So, of course, to try and keep the audience for Toonami, it's, like, why not try, why not keep voices that you know? Play safe. Yeah. 
Like I can Play safe. I can see possibly some of the mindset in terms of some of the casting, but yeah, it is at... a little safe. Also, B, I also think the other advantage Space Dandy has is that Space Dandy's also a better show. True. Better director. Space Dandy is also That's a true. stronger show with a stronger directing team behind it. Mm -hmm. um, well, Zach, Bol Zach Bolton was also one of the directors, I think, for Dandy, too. Yeah. I'm not talking about the English adaptation team okay. at this point. Okay. I'm talking about the actual show. Hi, Watanabe. I, uh, yes. I, I don't. <laughs> I think that this show was actually kind of boring, but, um, yeah, moving on, about to say, as someone who finished the simulcast today, because winter seasonal is a thing, honestly, the show was overhyped, and it kind of left me disappointed in the end. Hmm. Um, that's just the show in general, because it, it, it kind of rushed itself, but, um, We'll get in back terms, to that later. We'll get back to yeah, that Yeah, we'll get later. back to that later, yeah, we'll but in terms, of, later. in terms of, like, the directing and writing, Bonnie's writing style being tr like faithful to the original script, it works here for what we need. Um, directing wise, it's nice to have two people on this one because um, since we don't see or hear much of Zach Bolton, like having Colleen here just in case is really good too. We let Zach Bolton out of the closet this week. <laughs> oh my! With that other guy who wrote um, who is the who is it? The other guy who wrote um, Gangster, right? Wait a second, Megan. Jared Hedges. What, I think it was. What were they both doing in the closet together in the first place? Whoa! Kiss him, not me. Let's not. <laughs> let's, let's not, not piss off Funimation. Let's not speculate. Never um, mind. But yeah, they were having a nice a nice kegger. So I'll say, cons considering. Considering how things are going so far with the dub, I would say directing and scripting is solid, even though it is playing safe. Right. Vanilla say, is vanilla is still a popular flavor. So. Right. Mm. It is. Um, so why don't we move on to two characters? One was announced on the press release. One was not. Um, the reason why the one that is not is being included is mostly because I made predictions for her. <laughs> and I, because I thought she was going to be a bigger character than she actually was in the show. Um, but anyway, let's talk about <coughs> um, Shiro Yorozaki and Claire Skyheart. So Shiro Yorozaki is the, prof is the um, doctor professor from the first episode um, who is quote-unquote Tesla 2.0. Tes yes. Tesla 2.0 here. Basically, who is um, Mira's father, quote-unquote. Um, and Claire Sky, uh, Skyheart, um, you first originally see her in episode 3. She is the grandmother of one of the little kids that is, like, being a rambunctious pain in the butt around, um, One of those Kiyoma's little motherfuckers property. who does not know the meaning of get off my lawn. <laughs> yep. Basically. And she is a part of New Tesla. Uh, so predictions for Dr. Yorozaki and Claire. I only had predictions for Claire. I didn't make anything for, um, Dr. Yorozaki because he kind of dies at the end of the first episode, so... But, yeah. I, uh... He turns into a pillar of light. Yes. I did make predictions for both of them. For, uh, okay. for the Doctor, I think I can... Uh, I think I predicted our Bruce Elliot for the okay, Doctor. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah. And for Claire, for some reason the name Linda Young pops into my head. Even though I don't Linda think... Young? She, I don't think hmm. she does much voice acting anymore, but, uh... But, yeah, I... Interesting. Yeah. Okay, Megan, we do you have any... I could make a really bad joke prediction, but it would be in really bad taste. Let's not. 
so I, I will say it after we're recording, but if you've seen the movie The Prestige, you probably know what joke I'd make. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, I didn't make any predictions for Dr. Yurazaki, um, but I made three for Claire. I had Rachel Robinson, Lydia Mackey, and Stephanie Young. Um, I f- mostly because, like, Claire's demeanor, like, if, and, like, her say you, um, it sounded like something that would fall into that range where these three actresses would normally hang out. Um, but we're wrong. So wrong. Um, Claire Skyheart is being voiced by our wonderful person, wonderful person using her big girl voice. We have Monica Rial. We're like her Hi, old Monica. girl voice. Her old girl voice. And then, as for Dr. Yurazaki, um, we haven't brought this name up all that much, actually. Uh, Jeremy Schwartz is may th- voicing Dr. Shiro Yurazaki. May the Schwartz uh, be with you. Yes. Hot damn it, I hate it when my Schwartz gets twisted. <laughs> I see your Schwartz and- is as big as mine. Now let's see how well you handle it. Oh, God. Okay, so in terms of other roles, um, Jeremy Schwartz hey, actually I'm- hasn't done much. Uh, no, but- me and Hardy are still eternal five-year-olds. <laughs> oh, God damn it. So, Jeremy Schwartz, the at least the most well-known roles you might know him from, because, again, hasn't done much. He is the voice of Z from One Piece Film Z. One of the few He's- villains to spoilers actually get killed in One Piece. Oh, Believe Lord. it or not. He's the voice of Sorbet from Dragon Ball Z Re- Resurrection F. And um, I know all of us are gonna gonna flip out when I say this. He's voices Oculus from Death Parade. The- he's, fuck he's, you, Grandpa! He's fuck you, Grandpa! He's, he's, he's Lotus Tentacle Beard Flower Guy. Poor Clavis. Yeah, poor Clavis. You Clavis did nothing... Clavis did nothing wrong. Don't you hurt a sweet hair on his stupidly dyed head? <laughs> but aside from those three major roles, he's also done smaller ones in Dance with Devils, in Fairy Tale, <laughs> Garo the Animation, Ghost in the Shell Arise, um, Arslan, Lord Marksman and Vanities, Ninja Slayer from Animation, Space Dandy Season Your- 2, Tokyo ESP. We'll, we'll leave it at this. He is a part of Escaflone. Just not going to say where. We'll leave it at that. Um, as for Monica Real, if you have not heard of Monica Real before, come what out is wrong come with out you? From under your rock. What is wrong with you? Come out from uh, under your you, rock you, on Mars. You, you apparently don't watch anime, unfortunately. Or, or, well, you probably watch anime, but you just don't realize. You're probably um, one of the people who uh, took Subtalk seriously. <laughs> God damn it. I think there anyway. were people who actually took it seriously. Oh my That's God. That's the sad thing. Oh no! Anyway, my uh, roll. <laughs> some some roles you would know Monica for. Um, she is in Assassination Classroom as Kayade. She is also in Beyond the Boundary as Mitsuki Nase. She is Mayrin from the Black Butler franchise. She is Sonic from Blood Blood K Battlefront. She's the monkey. Mm. Uh, she's also in, I should probably not mention Boy and the Beast. Oops, too late. Uh, whoops. Uh, (laughs) she is in a certain Magical Index franchise as Index. She is also in Chrono Crusade. She is in Dance in the Vampire Bun. She is (laughs) fucking terrible mom. Cordelia from Diabolic Lovers, of course. Now get the fuck off my balcony! <laughs> she is Bulma from Dragon Ball Z. She is also uh, Mirror Jane from Fairy Tale, of course. She is in From the New World. She is in Gangsta. She is Nito. in... 
She is in Garo, but I'm not saying where because I am recording that episode later this week. Um, <laughs> Michiko. Uh, Michiko and Hachin, of course. She is in Guilty Crown. I'm just going through. She has a... Tokyo Ghouls, shut up! Kami-sama Kiss. King of Thorn. Kokoro Connect. She's in a lot. What is it? She holds the record for the most anime voiceover roles, right? Right. Yep. It's her, and then it was like, what? Lucy Christian, and then John Swayze, I think. Yeah. I think that's what you said. Okay. So in terms of performances for both Monica and Jeremy, how do we feel about them? I like Jeremy. I think he actually... Uh, he was awesome, actually. He was I pretty awesome, him. yeah. He was good. I liked him. Got Go like crazy, the- Grandpa! You shine on, you crazy fucking diamond. <laughs> Even though he was in just one episode. Shine on, you crazy fucking diamond. I, I, no, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil things. I mean, because there are flashbacks and things, so he is gonna come back. Um, but considering he's got that one of the one, he has episode, one of the greatest fucked up polices in anime. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I did love him in that, and because this huh. is, I think this is like, this is like the second time I think I've heard him in a decent sized role. Outside of um, Death Parade, because I haven't watched um, film scenes. Can we also please talk about the scene when the cops show up to him and they're like, mistakes were made. I know your family's dead, but we're we're sorry. Sorry. (laughs) And then he's he's like, like, nah, fuck you guys, I'm out. He's like, I'm out, guys. And then just goes full burning, man. Yeah, he goes, he's like, I shall send you to another dimension. And then he's like, I'm out, bitches, let's go. <laughs> Mike, drop, black hole, fuck the police. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> That's I, all I, you I, need to know, and that is why Grandpa Tesla is best Tesla. Absolutely. He's Bestla. I, yes. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now absolutely. to recreate the prestige. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love Jeremy as um, Dr. Yurazaki. I think, I honestly kind of think it was one of my favorite performances of the dub. Even if it's just a small thing. Like, I, 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 like, if I, I might continue watching the broadcast dub, even though I finished the simulcast. Only and if I Grandpa would, goes I, nuts again. I would just love to hear more of Jeremy Schwartz, because he's still really new to, like, Funimation and everything. He's only had a few, like, major roles at this point, so. Yeah, I would well, love to hear him in more things. He's got such a unique voice, he can't be cast for every character. So yeah, he kind of has to be very selective ones. of the characters he kinda plays. Kind of like Brian Massey, but when Brian Massey shows up in things, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. All hail Brian Massey. <laughs> the loud one! Okay, and as for Monica, I think Claire is the oldest character she's ever played. Because Claire is actually a grandmother. I wouldn't she's say Brent's the- grandma. I She's say, one of the oldest. She's probably one of the yeah. oldest then. Most elderly, perhaps. Because if you want to talk about right. oldest, then you have all these vampires who are like 8,000 years old and whatever. Yeah, Cruel Taps is old as fuck. Right. We're, 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 not, we're not counting vampires at this point. But okay, vampire oldest, is oldest, best, mom. Here we go. Oldest human character, okay? There you go. Oh, fine. Yeah. We're, not, we're not including vampires. Don't you fucking lawyer me. <laughs> <laughs> you guys started it. But yeah, like... It's big girl Monica, but, like, taking it to kind of, like, another level, I feel. Because Claire is a lot older than some of the characters, like, Michiko or, um, friggin' Nozaki-kun, not saying who. 
but like not best girl fight me prof <laughs> but yeah it's like big girl monica but taking it at least another step above that mm-hmm. not by much but still just enough to give it a, give the character a hint of like it being a little bit older than what we're used to so right. lilac mm-hmm. would you say it's bigger girl monica Eh? 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 Now you make that joke, but I'm going to, it's going to actually be very um, appropriate later on in one of my future predictions. So let's come back to that. Oh, Lord, this will be funny. Oh, Um, no. Oh, no. Why did I set you up like that? (laughs) Troll goat strikes again. Oh, no. Fuck you, ex-goat husband. (laughs) Anyway. Um, I think, I think probably what, we have a general consensus. You go, crazy grandpa. You go, crazy grandpa. Go, Jeremy Schwartz. And then I at least like Monica. I thought thought Claire was going to have a bigger role in the show, but she actually doesn't. So, but I had fun making guesses and getting it totally wrong. (laughs) I'll say that Isn't that what we always do? Yeah, pretty much. Same shit, different night, different show. Well, sometimes people get things right because I know I got two right, two more we, things right in the show. We don't talk about that. Stop but ending any, the illusion, woman. But anyway, um, are we ready to move on? Yes, please. Sure, why not? All right. So the next pair, the majority of this is going to be pairs, save for like three, I think. Um, the next pair we have Mary and Kurugi. Um, they basically are the are um. Kiyomo Mabuji's boss. Mary is Kiyomo Mabuji's boss, um, and Kodogi works for Mary, but more as like a tech guy. Mm-hmm. Um, He's the IT department. Basically. Have so you tried turning it on and turning it off again? Yes. So predictions for Mary and Kodogi. I had, let's see, I had three for Mary and two for Kodogi. I had one of each. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, ah! I guess I'll go first since Freddy went first last time. Um, so my three predictions for Mary. Um, I had Claren Harp as my first choice. because uh, I think I made these predictions a while ago. I think what I had in mind was um Princess Jellyfish. And then maybe something else, because I can't remember what it was. Um, my other two predictions, one was Rachel Robinson for slightly obvious reasons, and then my third choice was Wendy Powell. Um, if you are unfamiliar with Wendy Powell, she voices Envy in the FMA franchise. Wendy Powell's so. fucking awesome. Watch. If honestly, if you've seen the show Mary, and you under and you ask why she casted Wendy Powell, I don't know if you've seen the show. Birdie the Mighty might bring up some things. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, uh, we we actually haven't seen much of Wendy Powell except for in Heavy Object. And That's the reason why I thought of her was because I because I was going through make still working on the damn highlight promo thing, and when I reached the heavy object episode, I remembered that I was it you no it was the actual casting for one of the characters for heavy object was Wendy Powell. Right. So that Wendy kind Powell of brought up. What has Wendy head. Powell been doing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Being awesome, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um. Can't fault that anyway, logic. and then my two Fukurugi. Uh, one was Aaron Dismuke for obvious reasons, because snarky little Jagoff, why not throw Aaron in there? 
my other choice for obvious reasons. Austin Tyndall, slightly snarky, snarky little jagoff. Jag Why not? <laughs> mm -hmm. That was my that was my logic and my thinking for um. Snar Wheel of snarky jagoff, turn, turn, turn. Yes. Uh, Hardy, what about you? What do you have? Well, remember when I brought up bigger Monica's voice? <laughs> I knew where this was going, and oh I hate you God, for this. Yes. Yes. No. No offense to the plus size individuals out there of us, which of which Thanks, I am bro. one of them. I'll. I'll so have am said. I. Yes. But um, no, I just for some reason I cast Monica Rial as Mary because I've heard her talk in this low register before, and. Um, and I think she actually would have done. I think I've heard her play a bigger girl before, and in that sort she of. She does thing. in Negima. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and so not that, that deep, obviously. Yeah, that's who I went with. What's a, uh, and um, what's weird is well, I'll bring this up after we make the announcement, but uh, for Kurigi, I actually cast uh, Todd Habercorn. Ooh, okay, I can see that. that because Kurigi, Kurigi reminds me of a little monkey type of person for some mm. strange reason. Is it bad that when I saw Kurigi, I kind of got reminded of Prince Raj? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that kind of makes sense <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, I can, I can see Todd as Kurigi. I can see that. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's Does Todd kinda... also get to go on Wheel of Snarky Jagoff? I think so. Probably. He's more of a... More of a hammy, you know. You shall address me by my name. Yeah. Oh, yes. Fucking Habercorn. I mean, there's a reason why we call him Todd Hammercorn. Come on yes. now. Stupid. Um, I'm still getting him to sign my copy of free as Todd fucking Habercorn one day. So <laughs> the individuals who are voicing Marion Kurigi. Oh lord. Um. Who Get should the I music, talk? Hardy. No. <laughs> Don't you <Get> dare. <laughs> Uh, so Kurigi uh, is voiced uh, by Josh uh, Greeley. Now shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I hate you. It's gonna happen um, every time. You know that, right? Uh, so Kurigi is voiced by Josh Greeley. Um, and Mary. I should have put her here. She was one of my predictions for Claire. Stephanie Young is voicing Mary. What's, what's ironic is that I did sort of have a prediction of Stephanie Young for, for Claire. Mm. And that's, I mean, that's what I was originally thinking. Maybe it's clear. as it as it turns out, they were completely switched backwards, <laughs> which I uh -huh. I'm prone to do several times in this. Oh, it happens. It happens episodes. to the best of us. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, roles that these two individuals have done. In the case of Josh Greeley, you would probably know him best as Armin Arlet from Attack on Titan. You would also know him as Akihisa Yoshi from Baka and Test. He's also femmed in Blood Bowl Cave Battlefront. He is also in Brothers Conflict. Oh, Lord. Oh, baby. Why uh, have we not done that as an episode? I don't know. Can but anyway. Girls Night number four. Because you know I, Gigi would do it with I that. thought we were doing Black Butler's Girls Night number four. That was Girls Night number three. Never mind. Girls well, Night number two kind of got derailed by testosterone. Oh, true. That's and true. <laughs> um, you may all, <laughs> you may also know Josh Greeley as Biakia Togami from the from Daigon Rampa the animation. Biakia Togami. <laughs> he is also in Freezing and Freezing Vibration. He is in Gangsta. He is in let's see. Come Hero on, Tales. Steph, talk about your talk about your husband. Shut the fuck up! I'm getting to it. 
He's yeah, also Shapur in Heroic Legend of Arslan. Rest in peace, Shapur, you wonderful creature, you. Um, <laughs> Spoilers! I'm sorry. I haven't gotten that far! I'm sorry. Last time I checked, Arslan's a dumbass! <laughs> <laughs> he is Kotetsu in Kamisama Kiss. He is also uh, in Lupin the Third, one called Fujiko Mina. He is also... Oh lord, and my bride is a mermaid. I did not know he was in in Mysterious Girlfriend X. That's a new one. Oh yeah, uh, he was the main role. Yeah, he is in Ping Pong. He is of course Kuranosuke from Princess Jellyfish. Um, he is also, uh, I always will say it, my wonderful, wonderful husbando Zen Wisteria from also Snow White with the Red Hair. Damn good Sailor Moon impression. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, speaking of that, I will punch you. <laughs> Have he's you? Also, uh, no. He's, Oxford from Soul Eater and Soul Eater not. He's Naki from Tokyo Gold A, and he is also what else? Uh, Jeno from Yono of the Dawn and Life Beauty from Yorikuma Arashi. Yes, Hardy, what were you going to say? I gotta tell you about this before we get too off track. Uh, did you see that one thing that uh, Josh Greeley retweeted about the Adele remix for Arlen Screen? No! <laughs> Yes. Oh my like, god. We could I have had it. <laughs> please, please find me that. I retweeted <laughs> it earlier. Seen, have you, uh, before we get off track, have you ever seen the, um, the spider? You know the He Man Hey Ya video? No, I haven't. The, the, and I say hey, <laughs> that video? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen the AMV somebody made with it with Armin as He Man? <laughs> no. Oh my god. I anyway. sent it to my sister out of context and she found it fantastic. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as for Stephanie Young, you have heard her. Oh, yeah, she's in this too. <laughs> you heard her in a variety of roles. Uh, you may have heard her in Black Cat. Uh, in, in Blood Blood K Battlefront as KK. You may have heard I was like, her. Who the fuck she in Blue BB? And then I remember she's, she's gun toting mom. Yes, she's also the lead Claire in Claymore. She is in Desert Punk. She is Juice from the Eden of the East franchise. She's in Fractales. She is in Galaxy Railways. Uh, let's see, she's in Hero Tales and Legend of Arslan as Queen Bitch. <laughs> uh, what else? She is in She's in King of Thor. Thorn, excuse me. Of course, you would know her as Nico Robin from One Piece. Uh, she's also the voice of the Dominator from the Psychopaths franchise, as well as a variety of others, such as Dar Dayu from Show by Rock and Arachne from Soul Eater. Uh, how do we feel about Stephanie Young and Josh Greeley? I like them a lot, actually. I do, too. They're good. I don't think they get enough screen time. No, they don't. Yeah. I love... I, I actually love... Um, I'm actually not going to call him by his actual name because I can't say it, so I'm going to call him by what his name means. And I called I called him this to Steph earlier. Cricket? Yeah, Kurtigi's name in uh, English essentially is translated to Cricket, by the way. And it confused the ever-loving hell out of me when she first said I'm like, who the hell are you okay, talking about? It's not as bad as... I hope you tell the story during Garo of what I kept calling Leon for about two weeks. You're gonna have to remind me <laughs> so I can. Party, I'll tell you what it is after the recording. All right. It's, it's a wonderful name, um, but yeah, 
Oh no, 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 not not Sourpuss McFire Armor or Sourpuss <laughs> McCockblah. No, what I kept calling him otherwise, but I don't want to say it because you guys are doing the episode. Right. Um, personally. Yes, my nickname for Leon is Sourpuss McCockblah. <laughs> Jermaine is. Jermaine is man whore dad. Best man whore dad. <laughs> anyway. Um, Jermaine, please do me. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, what? He needs someone to carry his kid, I'll do it! <laughs> no one else wants the fucking job! <laughs> oh god! And that's going in the highlight reel! <laughs> you you better hope that the um, voice that actor better? Who, plays, who plays Jermaine, Jermaine never not hear this! <laughs> he might be like, the hell? No, I did say, like, that actor do me. I mean, like, the character, not the actor. Still, that's not like, sketchy Jermaine at all. Like, husband material, boys. Oh, Lord. Anyways. You have been... show you, about robots. Anyways. You have been hanging out with GJ way too much. <laughs> or has GJ been hanging out with me way too much? You, you poison each other's coffee. Oh, God. Anyways. We're uh, taking stuff with us. Oh, God. Anyway. So, Josh Greeley and Stephanie Young. I thought they were great. In my mind, I'm like, can it be the Marion Kodagi show? I would love to see more of that. That would be a really cool show. Just, like, what they're doing while Mira and Mibuchi, Mibuchi is his name? Mabuchi. Uh, Kiyoma Mabuchi. Mabuchi. Like, what are they doing? Like, also, can we just talk about how Mary has fucking robotic sharks? I just now noticed that. I just Dude, realized that too. Fucking robotic shark. Who the fuck is this lady? Why does she have a tank of robotic sharks and dolphins? Because she has Literally sharks her... with. I have to make the joke. I have to Do make it. the joke. Do it. She has sharks with freaking laser beams on their heads. <laughs> like, literally. And she also has, like, a robot manslave. Like, seriously, Mary? Why wasn't this show called Dimension Mary? <laughs> I would love a show about Mary. Shark, robot shark tank with lasers and freaking lasers. With, with I, I, lasers. I, I love Stephanie Young and Josh Greeley here. I do. I didn't think. Why I don't think all the background characters have some of the best performances. I know. I, I like. I'm trying to think of the last time I heard Josh as a snarky character that wasn't Femps, because Femps was just I don't know what the hell that Femps was. Femps on still. his own. Femps on his Femps own is, ethereal plane. He is. Like I don't he has remember, his own genre. Yes, I don't remember Josh ever really playing snarky, like extremely snarky characters like that. So, oh god, I don't think he has. No. So it's a no, really I'm good. Yawning, damn it. It's a wonderful change, and I love it. Then again, it's for me. It's Josh Greeley, but we're not going to talk about that. Eh. Um. Uh huh. Eh, eh, eh. God damn it. Eh. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't what, me what this about time. Diamond Glovers? He was kind of snarky in that. Or wait, no, wait. Subaru was just emo. Subaru was emo, little Hulk. So that I don't think that counts. Um, and then Stephanie Young. I should have again. I should have guessed her here. I really should have, but I didn't. And I think it works really well. So I guess the consensus is we love Stephanie Young and Josh Greeley here. Yeah, it's it's good. We just need more of them. Yeah, I wish we had more. I want more. Yeah, the show should have been about them. Yes, as someone who wa who who watched the entire simulcast now, I wish there was more of them. <laughs> so the last pair that we have 
Um, we have the <laughs> we have loser and his daughter Elizabeth. Uh, loser is this art thief. Uh, quote unquote, that we meet in the second episode of the series. Super Sentai meets D and Angel here. Basically, yeah. Um, and he's after these numbered quills for some reason. Um, because fuck you, that's why. No, there's a legitimate reason. I just don't want to say for the sake of spoilers. Oh, um, damn, I always love using the because fuck you, that's why argument. And then, of course, Elizabeth is his daughter, um, who kind of just hangs around him and kind of helps him in his mission in getting these numbered quills. Do we have predictions for uh, Loser and Elizabeth? Because I do. And I actually got uh, Loser right. I got Loser right on my second prediction. I'm trying to remember who I had for my first, though. My prediction? Uh, actually, no, I do remember. I do remember who I had for my first. So, yes, my I had my first, and then I had my backup, and my backup was correct. Yeah, my first choice for Loser was correct, and then I had two backups, and then I got Elizabeth wrong. But um, anyway, what were you going to say, Megan? My joke prediction for loser is Pigeon Man from Hey Arnold. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, hey, it's better than the bloody used tampon from uh, fucking uh, Scott. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Hardy, what were your predictions for loser and Elizabeth? And obviously, of course, do not say what your correct pr- prediction for loser was. For Elizabeth, because I only watched up to episode four. Um, I made the prediction of Bryn April, mm-hmm. and for Loser, I had two, the second one of which was correct, uh, the first of which, my primary, was actually Alex Organ. Ooh. Oh, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. Why what? isn't Alex Organ in more things again? I don't know. I don't... I know he does a decent amount of, uh, like, like theater stage work, though. Like, I'll, I yeah. read up on things here and there, but he does a decent amount of, um, stage work. Um... My yeah, for some reason, for some reason, uh, he gave me a distinct Shogo Makashima vibe for some strange reason. So that's why I picked. That kind of makes Oregon. sense. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. Um, my predictions: Elizabeth. My first choice was Alexis Tipton. Slight obvious reasons, and then to kind of piggyback off of um, Hardy's prediction for Bryn, I also picked who we refer to as her wonderful twin, Felicia Angel. Hi, mm-hmm. mom. Uh, as for loser, I had three predictions. My first choice was correct. Um, my other two choices, I also put Mike McFarlane and Christopher Bevins. I felt Assuming like Assuming that they were both directing one of the directors, right? That was part of the reason, and then also the other reason was like I felt like Mike and Chris could pull off this role if they really wanted to. So so you picked Bevins and Butthead. But up up but up up boop. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so the individuals who got these roles, the individuals who got these roles, uh, Elizabeth is being voiced by Maxie Whitehead, believe it or not. Yay! Um, and as- Oh wow, it's not a little boy. Yeah. I know, right? That we know of. Leaps and bounds. No, it's- it's We are breaking the typecasting. Elizabeth is a girl. We know that she's a girl. Um, as for loser, that. That's the, the individual who is who has been cast as loser and is uh, Hardy's second prediction, as well as my first one, that would be the ever wonderful J. Michael Tatum. Oh my! Uh, so Maxie Whitehead, <laughs> as you couldn't tell by the joke that was just made, she tends to voice a lot of little boy characters, um, such as Chesla Mayer from Bacano. She has also been in. 
Um, a certain magical index, Miracle of Endymion. She is, of course, Alphonse Elric in Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, not the original. Fuck yeah! She is Sealand from Hitalia. She is also Juzo. Uh, Antonio from Romeo and Juliet. She is also in Sekire. She is Krona from Soul Eater. Oh boy. She is also in Spice and Wolf 2. She is also in Summer Wars. She's Juzo from Tokyo Ghoul, of course. And then probably one of my favorites, and another female character that she's voiced, Tsukimi from Princess Jellyfish. Uh, mm -hmm. as for... I was going to say, in Summer Wars, isn't she, um... She's the rabbit guy. Uh, Kazuma... Yeah, Kazuma. Ikezawa. Yeah. Um, as King for... Kazuma. Yeah. As King for... Kazuma. As for Tatum, he doesn't really need much of an introduction. Um, but if this fucking guy, this fucking guy. But if you're new here, um, you may have heard um, J. Michael Tatum in series such as Attack on Titan as Irwin Smith. He is Isaac from Bakano. He is Sebastian, of course, from the Black Butler franchise. He is Steven Starface from Blood Blockade Battlefront. He is also in Brothers Conflict. Oh god damn it. Um, he oh, is. I feel like the Brothers Conflicts episode Hardy should just go for shits and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also that'll all that'll all that'll be my entire comp. You know, my entire contribution to that is just giggling in the background. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that'd be hysterical. <laughs> he is J. Michael Tatum is also in Defrag as Atoru. He is also in Data Live. He is in Eden of the East. Uh, Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood as Scar. Uh, he he was not in the uh, Scar in the original. Um, Spice He's France from Italia. He is also uh, Tomoe, of course, from Kamisama Kiss. He is also in Tomoe Carnival. Is a jerk. Mizuki is better. Yep, Nabari no O. He is also in Nobunagan. He is, of course, Kyoya Otari from Oran High School Host Club. He is in Princess Stride, which we've talked about previously. Uh, William, of course, from Romeo X Juliet. That's one of my personal favorites. Um, Sergeant Frog, Shakugan no Shana, Shiki, Space Dandy, Spice and Wolf as Lawrence, of course, Okabe and Steins Gate, and a lot of things. Sukiyama from Tokyo Ghoul, um, Tower of Duraga. He's been in a lot. He's been in a lot. Uh, hey, have you watched an anime in English? There's a good chance you've heard this fucking guy. Yeah, Domoki from Pollock and Life Sexy from Yonikuma Arashi. <laughs> Shabadadu. Shabadadu. Um, so how do we feel about Maxi and the ever-wonderful J. Michael Tatum in these roles? Fabulous! Love it! Like, I love it. And, okay. And, <laughs> well, here, the thing I'm mostly happy about is the fact that Maxi Whitehead is not been is not voicing a boy for once. Cause the last time Yeah, I that'll heard... say Maxi Whitehead Pigeon Master. <laughs> Cause it's been a while since I've heard her voice an actual female character. I think since Tsukimi. Yeah, Tsukimi is the only female character I think I know her actually playing. <laughs> yeah, and I was very excited when I cause um because Elizabeth was not put in the press release. So we actually had to watch the episode. Of course, she comes in in episode two along with Tatum as loser. And the second I heard him, like, oh, hi, Maxie Whitehead. You a girl right now. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> I kind of oh, got excited about you it. You are a girl. I got excited about That's, it. And then Tatum, the I kind of, I'll admit, I kind of went for the low-hanging fruit on this one when I predicted him. 
Um, but I also like considering. <laughs> this guy's gonna turn out to be evil, isn't he? He's not evil. He's not. But considering you went like, for the low hanging ham, didn't you? Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah. Considering the, like in this, when I saw Loser in the second episode when he was introduced, there was a lot of like showmanship the character had. There was a big old ham hanging right in the in the butcher shop, and you're like, I'm gonna grab that ham and run with it. Exactly. It's Tatum and Bram and ha- it's Tatum ham. That was that yes. was, yeah. Tatum was the first fine, person to come to mind with it. French, fine French ham. Yeah. Yes, it's J. Michael Tate ham. <laughs> yeah, and then at the same time, like going back to my predictions for loser, I could also see Mike McFarlane and Christopher Bevins going ham if they needed to. But like the second I saw, I don't loser, remember. Okay. Okay, Mike McFarlane, yes. I don't remember a role where Christopher Bevins went ham. He's well, done it before. I don't I'm know about sure. ham, but Find if you me wanted, a show. I, I, I don't know about ham entirely, but if you want something that was probably relatively close to it, uh, Haga Curry from Diagon Rampa. <laughs> Haga Curry's a stoner, though. Haga Curry's a dumbass. Um, but anyway. But yeah, I, that's kind of why I like defaulted to Tatum on that one. I felt like, yeah, this is a Tatum role. I can see that right away. It's fabulous. I was to any other. I'll say on this that. though: out of all of the, the, like the kind of, I would, I would take at this point Tatum, being kind of a safe choice. Mm-hmm. But out of all of the safe choices made, though, at least he's the most entertaining safe choice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I have to agree. They went, they did go with the safe choice, and he is entertaining. But I would have liked to see someone else who's not as commonly used, sort of like Alex Oregon. Right. Or uh, or take an actor who, I don't know, is commonly used that we know can go to a dark, magical, hammy place. Josh, really? Um, <laughs> yes, this is true. Just saying. I mean, I think if we want to talk, like, out-of-the-box picks... Maxi Whitehead is definitely one. Um, for yeah, Elizabeth. instead of being like Bryn, Felicia, right, and then maybe I mean, Saxton, and then going back to Doctor, yeah, and then going back to Doctor Yurazaki, Jeremy Schwartz is definitely out of the box one right there too. You go crazy, you go shine on crazy grandpa. Yeah, yes. and then like Foxy grandpa, and then even like going back to Kudogi, Josh no, 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 Greeley no, no, is Grandpa Joe Star, and then even going back to Kudogi, Josh Greeley is you can kind of see as an out of the box pick. Is he used quite a bit in shows? Yes, but is Kodagi a different but role than But it's, like, it's yeah. not like we put Aaron or or we didn't put Tyndall on a snarky fucking Jagoff. Right. At the same time, another outside-of-the-box pick for Kodagi probably would have been Ori and Pitts, who's mm. really good at playing annoying snarky Jagoff. Shut up, Ronta! Shut up, Ronta! Yes, that would have been Shut a fun up, one, Ronta. But... Oh, Ronta's being a jerk again. Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, though, because you guys haven't heard it. Ronta is an asshole, but goddamn is Orion Pitts good at playing Ronta. Oh, I love Orion Pitts as Ronta. It's great. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Orion. Like, I'll admit, like, even if I did predict things for Grimgar, I would have had the hardest freaking time with Ronta. I think I did. I forgot who I put. But anyway, that's another story for another night. Um, but that, like, that's even, probably up by now. But still. <laughs> even more, oh god, uh, even more like little outside of the box picks for this god potentially even like i don't think i would have put him as as loser but maybe somewhere else like anthony bowling really i like him but then again i also really fucking love alciel from devil's part-timer alciel is my favorite character and i like his performance in that so i i cannot wait to watch the dub for devil's a part-timer now that i own it 
I'm surprised you haven't at this point. I've seen it in bits and pieces, but... I mean, I've seen the Japanese, like, all the way through, and I've seen trailers for, like, the home video release. I just haven't gotten around to see the dub. And I've heard a variety of things. Some good, some not so good, obviously, but Anthony Bowling was among one of the good ones that I've heard about. Um... It's but one anyway, of his for you non-nerdy roles, talking about going out of the box. I know, that's why I'm excited. But anyway, or even taking character. Like I know we're talking about like outside of the box things, and I'm staring at it because the manga is right in front of my fucking face right now. And I've seen the dub of this show. Carnival is the show that did spawn voice acting Black Magic by making Ian Sin- me think Ian Sinclair was J. Michael Tatum, and True doing facts. the reverse effect, making True me facts. think J. Michael Tatum was Ian Sinclair. So, I mean, you can, directors can take common actors and make them do new things. I just don't feel like Loser was doing that, but I still enjoy the performance. Right. Loser, I think, was right where it needed to be, to be perfectly honest. It uh, had, now, we it get had... into gr- now we get into Salt Con. Oh, Lord. Um, so, I guess this is time to move on. The last three that are on the press release, we're going to do each individual separate. Um, first, get your margarita up... glasses, kids. Oh, Lord. <laughs> First, Stop Albert Schumann. Rims. Albert Schumann is the first one. He works for New Tesla, uh, and he he's actually, the we're sorry guy. He work he 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 does know um, our lead Kiyoma Mabuchi, and it's at least by some indication of the first few episodes there seems they seem to be connected and have some sort of they share a past together. Um, of course, that is not revealed until later on the show. But predictions for Albert, I had. <laughs> I had three, and one of them was correct. I have, oh. I'll say, I didn't originally have one, but if I saw the character and watched the simulcast, this is who I thought it would be. But I, it would have been incorrect. Okay, so what would that have been, Megan? It's going to sound a little bit weird, but for some reason, I thought of Joel McDonald. I did, too. He was one of mine. What would have been totally is it? Also, B, is it me, or does he look like a ver- an older version of the blonde guy from fucking, um, Heavy Objects? He does, kind Quinther. of. He's, he's, kind of he's, Quint- he's grown-up Quinther. Oh, god damn it! Quinther, um, no! Hardy, you said you had other predictions for Albert that were not correct, for, right? Right, right. The first one, um, my, well, my primary one is gonna tick you the heck off, uh, Stephanie. Oh, um, god, Why? <laughs> well, because it was Josh Greeley being a douchebag. Honestly, I would totally be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I Cause, have, cause, so I can put my margarita glass back now, right, guys? Because the man is, like, at this point, surprised the hell out of me in, like, 20 different ways. So I'm like, I don't care at this point. Just go for it. <laughs> I mean, we I mean we have the wonderful magic that is Femt. We've had Zen from Snow White. Kuragi, you can say, is very out of the box for him, too. So I'm like, I don't care. He can play anything at this point. Just yeah. go for it. Yeah, but he, um, was, he was the first one that I picked, and then Joel McDonald was another. And then the third one I actually did get right, because I'm like, you know, I'm default. looking at this character, and I'm thinking, Go yeah, for the low-hanging fruit. Low hanging fruit. Okay. Monkey so, steals the peach. Yeah. So the four I had, um, very decent variety actually. The first one I had, oddly enough, is um, Megan's good old friend Lacus Well. 
uh, aka Aaron Roberts. Yeah, bitches. <laughs> um, Aaron Roberts was my first choice. I also put Justin Briner as a choice. Mike well, that was, okay. If Justin, if Justin Briner had gotten this role, this would have been fucking hysterical. <laughs> um, also, also, thanks for bringing all my boys. I also had uh, Micah Solasad as a pick as well. Come and on, then my go three for three. Go three for three with my favorite three guys. I don't think I'm going three for three. Because um, my fourth choice was Jason Liebrecht. Two out of three ain't bad. You didn't have Rico in there. No, I didn't have Rico. Like, I, I kind of thought that Jason would have been the default, if anything. Um, Jason Lie Liebrecht is in the show. <laughs> he did have a small role in the first episode. I loved his role in this show, by the way. <laughs> He's an evil bastard. It was Fucking great. water gun guy. <laughs> well, who puts anyway. an electrical outlet on a water gun? That's all I have that to say. Asshole. That asshole. That <laughs> asshole. Um, that idiot. Like, yeah, mine is slightly, ver like, varies a bit um, in terms of who I picked. But at the same time, at least three out of the four, I've seen them voice similar characters before. Um, Aaron Roberts is probably the outlier, because I haven't heard him voice something along the lines of Albert before, and I would have wanted... And it's something I would have wanted to hear. I would have liked to hear. Um, Hardy, who is the individual who is voicing Albert? It's the eternal pervert, Eric Vale. Hi, Ghost Pimp. It's Ghost Pimp. Oh, Ghost Pimp, a.k.a. Farad, a.k.a. Uh, all right, so, of course, Eric Vale, if you have not listened watch to- Watch Watch, listen to the podcast, or have seen anime. Um, Eric Vale has done a lot. <laughs> of He's course, Ghost Pimp and Gangsta. Hashtag, yeah, hashtag, Eric Vale is the popo. <laughs> Eric hashtag Vale is Eric the Vail, man. Eric Vale's bad apology. We're oh, sorry. God damn it, We're sorry. All we needed him to do is lay out on a rug made of Tesla coils. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> that would hurt. It would. Anyway. What am I saying? <laughs> anyway, of course, Eric Vale, you would know him as Sanji from One Piece as well as Loki from Fairy Tale. Um, but you've also heard him as Yuki Soma from Fruits Basket. You've also heard him in Beck Mongolian Chop Squad. And let's see, Brothers Conflict again. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Cashier and Sins, he is also in Dead Man Wonderland. Desert Punk. Desert Punk, of course, the lead in Desert Punk. He is Trunks from the Dragon Ball Z franchise. More yeah, Escaflone. More Escaflone. We're not gonna talk about that. Uh, Kimberly, aka Hitler. <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist, yes. Okay, um, we have to tell that story if we're talking okay. about Eric Vale for the panel. Oh God! Anyway, uh, we'll get we'll we'll tell that later. He's also America and Canada from Italia. Who? He, yeah, he is in Yormingand. He is in Kenichi the Mightiest Disciple. He's done a lot. Uh, Kazuma from Nor Kazuma from Noragami. Gakuto from Prison School. He is in Rolling Girls. He is Francisco from Romeo X Juliet. He is. Nishiki. Nishiki from Tokyo Ghoul, Farid uh, from Seraph of the End. Oh uh, my, Mika boy. He, he, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. He's big brother Izana Wisteria from Snow White and the, with the red hair. I'd still he's, do him. <laughs> he's Justin Law from Soul Eater uh, and a variety of other things. He's 
He's Hell he's Hell Gates from Ultimate Otaku Teacher, and he's also Shinna from Man of the Dawn. I just enjoy the fact when I do the if I do Ferret as Pegasus, <laughs> he starts laughing really hard. Ooh, makeup boy! Boy! Goddamn! Ooh, Mrs. Taps, you've left yourself wide open. <laughs> oh, goddammit. Okay. So I, I, I'm. He's gone. <laughs> you, you broke him again. <laughs> Hardy, Hardy, should I get episodes with Farron and just start dubbing it over in my shitty Pegasus impression? <laughs> and Hardy is broken. Anyway, um, I'm prepared for the salt, so how do we feel about Eric Vale as Albert? Eric Vale is a douchebag in this show. He what sure a is. Surprise. Yeah, big surprise. surprise. Yeah, no, 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 we have to make the uh, the MST uh, 3K reference. And we have Dull Surprise! Sadly, nobody gets run over with a forklift in this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is my favorite thing from MST 3K. They tried to they kill, me, to with kill me with a forklift. What's up? <laughs> I, I really still hope that, that if you ever want to see the best use of that in anything ever... Find one of uh, Nash from What the Fuck is Wrong with You's old Doctor Who reviews of the Space Titanic episode of Doctor Who, where somebody does kill someone with a forklift. <laughs> no, and I may. Just like there are some moments where the universe just comes together. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I have a story uh, back from my old Manime Monday days. Um, where I showed a show called Pumpkin Scissors, and that sort of happens in the anime, and I made that joke. We all oh, sang, God. you know, they tried to kill me with the forklift. Huzzah! Yeah. Anyway, anyway um, how do we feel? Of... Going back to Eric Vale, how do we feel? Eric this... Vale does good Eric Vale things? Yes, hashtag. Well, here's the thing. It goes back to playing it safe again, and I think... Right. And all three of the lead roles from here on out, we're going to have this problem of playing it safe. I will um, say, though, at least I enjoyed one of them a little more than I did the... I'll say this one. I don't like... I'm mad towards the two boys. Okay. I'm a little yeah. bit more okay with the female one. I'm about mm -hmm. to say, if we're going to talk playing safe, wait till we get to Kyoma. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, um, boy. Um... Yeah, Can I, I would say. Tell the Eric Vale story now. <laughs> but I, say, I would say typical Eric Vale role. It works. It works. Yeah, it's just kind of it, playing safe. It is. It's very vanilla. Uh, before we go, I do have to tell you the funny Eric Vale story, though. Um, and I can speak of this from personal experience. But oh Arcada showed off his collection of um, of autographs, and one of them was his Desert Punk that he got autographed by Eric Vale. Yep. The and one I, that we just got, or the older one. The no, one he, it's the one that's from Anime Boston because he didn't bring Desert Punk with him originally. Fun. Oh, when did he do this? It was at Anime Boston. Like he bought no, the another. Video. What? No, oh, he mind. put he put a picture on Twitter. I don't think he actually posted like a video yet. Oh, true, true. Oh yeah, true. Yeah. Fun fact, and I can verify this because he did the exact same thing to my copy. Oh, I remember this. Every time he autographs a copy of that uh, that version of Desert Punk. With that cover art, he always, always, always signs his name across Junko's boobs. Here's always. our funny Eric Vale story. Oh, so, God. 
so number one and number two here decide to go to um, his panel and I embarrass Steph in front of him. I uh, because that's what that. best friends do. Right. But somebody asked him, uh, somebody asked him uh, to psychoanalyze five of his characters, and then he gets to Kimberly and he's like, "You know all those problems Hitler had? Yeah, that's Kimberly." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like he he psychoanalyzed Kimberly, uh, Yugi. I think he did America. America, oh, Desert Punk. Desert Punk, and, and I think he did Trunks. Trunks, Trunks was, was also good, because there was a Vegeta cosplayer sitting right the fuck in front of him. <laughs> it was And he's great. like, Trunk, daddy issues. <laughs> and and apparently... You're welcome, son. Apparently the best question to always ask Eric Vale, and, and Patrick was the one who asked this, is his favorite kind of cheese. Lilac <laughs> cheese from Whole Foods. It was the most random question. He was all for it. He kind of went off on a tangent for like five minutes. He like minutes. went out and it was he was He was so excited about it. Anyway, um, I think, yeah. Moving on to our inevitable um, train well, derailment into a pile of salt. Well, what else is new? I think consensus in terms of Eric Vale as Albert works, but it's a safe choice. Moving on, let us move on to our female lead. Um, Mira Yurizaki. And uh, this... Who is totally not a robot. Totally not. Those are just giant earrings. No, those are hair clips. Uh, they're giant hair pins. Yes. That... Little weird, we know. Uh, okay. So, predictions for Mira. I had four. This is where I start getting salty. With a final oh, two. Oh, no. Yes. Uh... I mean, if I had to throw out a prediction, I know nowadays I guess this would be considering safe, but if I saw Mira and the first thing I would, I would like, Brent April. That was one of my Brent picks. April. But I love Brent April, so I don't really care. Yeah, I had Brynn. I also put Felicia in there. I also put Don Bennett in there. I was like, did you do the Trinity of not- did you do the Great Trinity? Apparently I did. Um, Brynn, Brynn, Don, Felicia. Yeah, but then my fourth choice- Kind of a long shot. Uh, Sarah Wiedenheft was my fourth choice. Yes! Um, just as a long shot, because I know she actually recently did do a leading role uh, for Tokyo ESP. Now, I haven't watched the dub yet. I did see the simulcast, and while Tokyo ESP is kind of eh. Face it, she's fantastic in Grimgar, though. Yeah, she is wonderful in Grimgar. So, I was kind of like, eh, let's see if they'll give her something and you know big. What? Knowing the character, knowing the character now, if I had watched the show and I had seen Grimgar, you know who else I probably would have casted as Mira? Check who plays Yume. Oh, oh Genie, uh, Jiri, Genie, Genie Toronto. Genie Toronto, yeah. Yeah, totally. That chick can fucking act. Totally. Like, and, I and love what, her. Grimgar is the second, like, major one she's done after what, mm. Show Me Sample, when she doesn't have yes. a damn thing to do, really? And, and Fairy Tale Zero. Oh, true, too. Because she's zero. Um, and Hootie Pop. No, that's Sarah no. Wiedenheft. Um, Hardy, did you you had predictions for Mira. What did you have? Uh, I've been going on this for quite some time. Ever since I found... Ever since I first saw the key artwork for Dimension W. First saw the first two characters of Mira and Kyoma. I had two actors picked out that I really 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 wanted to see play these characters oh, and that's i picked right. those two because i'm a big fan of them because you know i actually have chatted with them on twitter before and i want to see them get more exposure and okay in the case I'll, of mira what do you have 
in the case of Mira, I really, really wanted to see Felicia Angel play this role. I'm with Yay, you there. Mom. Did you I mean, have I, I didn't have any other I didn't allow myself any other predictions. I'm like, I want Felicia Angel to be this role. It probably won't be, but you know, we can hope. Okay. And so, I can try. You can try. Mm-hmm. Um, so the person who is voicing Mira, because of course we're all fucking wrong, it's Jade Saxton who's voicing Mira. Uh, if you have heard you've probably heard of Jade in several roles. Most notably, Eve Genoward in Bacchano. She is also in uh, Bloodseed, the Bloodseed film, The Last Dark. She is in the Index uh, franchise. She is also in Defrag. She is Nona in Death Parade. She is also Carla from Fairy Tale. She's in Freezing. She is Constance in Gangsta. She is, uh, uh, well, the episode's out by now. She's Mary in Grimgar. Uh, she is also Alpha Reed in Arslan. She is also in Is This a Zombie and Kamisama Kiss and Log Horizon and uh, Ninja Slayer from Animation and Noreen. And she's Hachin. She's Hachin from Ichigo and Hachin. Yes, she is. By the way, I love the cover art because Hachin looks like she's high as balls. <laughs> she's also in Shangri-La in Show by Rock in God damn it, Sky Wizards Academy. Uh, Soul Eater is Soul Eater, not. Uh, she's Ferris from Steins Gate. She's also in Strike Witches and Lisa in Terran Residence. She is in Tokyo Raven. She is an Ultimate Otaku Teacher. She is in Wolf Children. And she is also in Yorikuma Arashi. How do we feel about Jade as Mira? Salt Bucket! Party Piss! No, I'm not mad because I think, I think she does a really great job. I, and, I, I admit that she does do really well with this, yes. But, I mean, you know, when you get your heart set on something, and, and to have it, because Jane has become a really safe choice lately. You know, she's getting a lot of roles. She's basically the new Jeremy Lee, I would say. And I, it's, it's almost like she's getting oversaturated at this point. And, um, you know, I mean, a, a bit, I mean, I don't know, because, like, I mean, Nona from Death Parade, I loved her as Nona. I do enjoy her as Mary and Grimgar, actually, and for looking at something recent. Mm-hmm. Um, Mira is a little bit different than what I've seen her do lately, um, but I can kind of see what you're saying, that she's kind of becoming that safe choice little by little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's ever since ever yeah, since Jeremy I mean, Lee moved to L.A., they've been using her for her roles. That's mm-hmm. my thing. And, uh, for better I mean, or worse, I actually really like. But I actually really like Mira's voice, especially out of the the, the main two. I actually think it's really cute, and I really like. Yeah. it. I didn't say I didn't like it. I do enjoy it. I think she does a great job. It's just I do wish they could have given some another actress a bit more exposure. But, uh, mm-hmm. That's just me. Yeah, um, definitely. I can see where you're coming from there. Uh, I can absolutely see it too. I I like I love Jade. I do. I like her portrayal of Mira, but yeah, it's like, you're kind of playing a little safe here at this point. But again, part of it's probably mostly because this is a Toonami broadcast. That probably has some, that probably plays some factor in it. Probably not as much as Kiyoma Mabuchi though, which we, sh- which do we want to get to? Oh. Do we want to get to this, this final one? Yes. Mm. Oh God, Kiyoma Mabuchi. Uh, our wonderful lead collector man who has a very dark and mysterious past and hates coils and all this shenanigans. I had three predictions. One was correct. 
I had three predictions. One was correct. I have one prediction. I'm wrong, but me and Hardy had the same prediction, and the Hardy just say I'm it. I'm pretty sure I have the same prediction as well that you're thinking of. So Hardy, are, what yeah. was your? You said that you based your predictions on Kyoma and Mira based on the original key art. Um, right. In Kyoma's case, mm -hmm. what was your pick? I really, really, really wanted Marcus Stimic. I am in total agreement. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, you know, it, it's it, he is, he cannot voice every main character. So when you have a main character who is not a teenage high school student, then, you know, it's time to, to venture out and use someone who who doesn't do all these roles all the time. Right. You know, I mean, I, I think Stimic is due. He has such a unique voice. He is due for a lead role. And there's so few lead roles available of this type that, I mean, when they come around, you can't pass them up. I mean, absolutely. But, I mean, to be fair, he has, like, even if he does have that unique voice, like, he kind of also goes in a different direction occasionally. I mean, right. we. I mean, sure, we have like Taraska from Assassin's Classroom, but I, I always have to bring this up. Um, we have Jessmont from Arslan, and we also have Delico from Gangsta. And we have Dragon from Ping Pong as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true too. So he can go like in a different direction with the roles he's given. But yeah, I can totally see what you're saying. Like he he's so overdue for lead role. He's had decent sized roles. He's had like major roles before, but an actual <laughs> like complete and utter lead. Like, all of us are here, like, we love Uncle, like, our, our wonderful Uncle Marcus, and we're like, dude. But we actually really do think he's a we great do. actor, and he deserves his due. Yeah, exactly. Give the guy a chance, man. Mm -hmm. Um, my other, my, I had one other prediction out of my three that was not the right one. Um, that was Robert McCollum. He was one of my defaults. And that was mine for, uh, that was mine for, that was my other prediction for Kielma as well, was mm -hmm. Robert McCollum. Yeah, because, you know, uh, again, this is one that could fit for him, too. Yeah, no, I went with the two that I thought it probably would be, and then I chose Marcus as the one it probably won't be, but I would really like to see. Right. And then, but you I'd know, the one like who, it anyway. Who, yeah, the one who was actually cast is the one I was hoping for the least, but I was expecting same, the most. Same. That was, yeah, yeah this, my third choice was the low-hanging fruit, uh, which, may as well get into it. The low-hanging fruit that is playing uh, Kyoma Mabuchi is the ever-wonderful Christopher Sabat. Um, Christopher Sabat, if you don't know that name or may not recognize that voice, he's voiced a lot of things. Most notably, of course, he is Zora from One Piece. He's also Elfman from Fairy Tale. Um, but he is also Vegeta and Piccolo, of course, from Dragon Ball Z. He He's basically fucking everybody. In essentially. Much, yeah. Everybody but is But he's him. also... And let's see, he's in Black Blood Brothers. He's also in Brothers Conflict. What in the god? What, what the hell now? He's also in Corpse Princess. He's in D. Greyman, Darker Than Black. Uh, he's in Daigon Rampa as um, uh, Mondo Owada. Owada, excuse me. Uh, let's see, skip all the section of, <laughs> of um, DBZ. He's Alex Louise Armstrong from Fullman Alchemist. He is in Gangsta. He is Bato in Ghost in the Shuttle Rise. He is uh, still salty. He's King Andragoras. He's King Andragoras uh, from the Heroic Legend of Arslan. 
That one I got that right. One you got right. Uh, he's also he's also yeah! in high school DxD. He is also in a good amount of Lupin films as Daisuke Jigen, as well as the woman called Fujikamine. Uh, he's in Nobunagun. Uh, he's Gardevoir from Panty and Stalking. He is Togane from Psychopath Season Two. Uh, he's in Samurai Seven. He is also in Seraph of the End. He small roles. Gero from Sergeant Frog, which is one of my personal favorites. Be Shonen Rom from Show by Rock, of course. Yeah. My favorite. Uh, Speedgraph for Steins Gate. He is in, oh lord, he's Jason, aka Yamori from Tokyo Ghoul. He is also in Trinity Blood, Subasa, uh, Stone Hawk from Year of the Dawn, and another probably. Another role I actually don't like. Yeah, another, and another uh, much older one that he's done, Kuwabara from Yu Yu Hakusho. So, how do we feel? You, know, I, I uh, hope I'll say this, girls. I'll say this. I hope he has a really good data plan, because right now he is phoning it in. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean it's good, uh, but it's it's just it's vanilla. It's saccharin. I mean we we've heard this performance from him how many times before? Yeah. I mean, a lot. this is basic. No, basically what he's doing, he's playing. His character from Speed Grapher all over again. It he is kind of actually is now that you say that. It's cut and paste. I've never seen Speed Grapher, yeah, it's, so. It's yeah. been a while since I've seen Speed Grapher, but now you say it, it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds I mean, so similar. It is cut and it is paste. There is no mm-hmm. difference whatsoever. And I love Chris Sabat as an actor, and, and I have no problem with this role at all, but maybe I should have a problem with it. Maybe there should be flaws to it. Maybe it's a bit too perfect, his acting. It's just, this is the ultimate example of playing it safe with the vanilla dub mm-hmm. just because you're putting it on Toonami and you want to impress the, the casuals and the non-weebs. You know, it's it's not adventurous. That's that's my main problem with it. It's not a bad performance. It's a good performance, but it's, it's too, too good. good. That's, too that's good the and thing. too safe. We were... I think in our minds we were hoping for some like a good amount of the show really in the stuff. We were hoping for something different. Right. And a lot of it was just like playing to the stereotypical casting and like typecasting and playing it really safe. With yeah. with Sabbath being the safest one of them all. Exactly. I mean, I can see why they would do that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, give us a little something else to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, give, give us something, something new. Give us something adventurous. Give us something challenging. Give us something that we wouldn't expect. Which is why I lead back to why Marcus Stimmick would have been a better choice for this role. Because he would have been outside the box. He would have been different. He would have been challenging. It would a lot of people would have been mad with it. And that's okay. That's that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Because get get over over it. it. If if you have people disagreeing with it, that, that means people are talking. That means people are paying attention, right? And and that's and you know that's my big problem with with this. I I think Sabat does a really good job in this role. I have no problems with him in yeah. this role. But again, yeah, we're not maybe say, I we're should. not we're not saying at all that Sabat is a terrible yeah. performance. We just think it's too safe. Exactly. Maybe I should have problems with it. Maybe I should be able to point out flaws with it. Right. That's I, my yeah. main issue. I feel like maybe part of at least also like the casting thing because. In any form of entertainment, whether it's theater or dubbing or film or anything, it's about who you know. Mm-hmm. I don't recall 
in the, in Marcus's case anyway, I don't recall him ever working with Zach Bolton or Colleen in terms of directing, in terms of them being directors before. Mm-hmm. So right. that might have some like in case in Marcus's case at, at least that might have be like a decent that might have factored in and when they were selecting for like the casting and everything. Right. I mean, especially with Zach Bolton, I do not recall like Zach Bolton ever directing a show and Marcus being somewhere in there. He probably popped up in there somewhere, but we we really don't know. You have to also take into consideration time constraints. Right. But, I mean, this isn't under the same time constraints that something like, say, Space Dandy was. Because even Space Dandy was in, I mentioned this earlier, Space Dandy was under the biggest time constraint because it was actually debuting before it was debuting in Japan. Mm -hmm. And... And even it was more challenging. It was more adventurous with the casting. And and just... Yeah, I mean... And with, I have not watched all of Space Dandy. I really haven't. I'll admit that. Remember, I've never actually finished a Watanabe show until I literally watched Terror in Residence a couple right. months ago. Um, but even I remember... Wow, taking a look at that main cast, like, Allison Victorin's The Little Robot. Um... Hell, Micah Solisod's this little tiny bean thing. They had guest episodes with people like Bryce Pappenberg. Johnny and Jay Bosch, Michael, too. Bonnie on Bosch. Jay Michael Tatum. Bryce Pappenberg. Jay Michael Tatum was a gorilla. Was a giant fucking gri- monkey. Giant gorilla in a pimp suit. And then you so. have freaking Joe McDonald, who's a snarky-ass cat. People, snark, okay, Joe McDonald's a snarky-ass anything is kind of... Fair cool, enough, honestly, actually. Though. All things considered. Um, but, like, if I'm correct... um. The episode with Bryce was the one about the the little music guy who keeps trying the to kill him, right? The little ukulele guy, yes! I remember that! Like, like even then, like, and I guess this kind of gets into what we were starting about before, and then we stopped because we I think we wanted to get to the to this, the great salt pile up of 2016. Okay. Well, before we get um, too far about that, then, let's go, let's do this. Um, overall thoughts on the dub of Dimension W. Let's go there. It's too good. It's... It's okay because it's mm-hmm. too good. Very, very safe. It's vanilla very, it's saccharin. Good. It's good, but it's pretty safe in what it, in casting choices. It's it's like going to. It's like when you go out to eat and you always get the same mm-hmm. thing. It's good and you like it, but after a while, people are going to start to question what the fuck is wrong. It's like I mean, going. It's like going to Baskin Robbins Thirty One Flavors, getting a three scoop Sunday of just vanilla. Right. I mean, the the dub did go a little out of the box, but mostly with some of the minor characters. Like, I mean, we have Maxi again. Maxi Whitehead actually voicing a girl for change. I mean, Josh Greeley. Crazy, crazy fucking crazy grandpa fucking here. Grandpa Jeremy Schwartz. We have Josh being a snarky jagoff, and even Stephanie Young. That's slightly out of the box because you nowadays you don't hear her much outside of One Piece. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. like in terms of the major characters, particularly Kyoma Mira and to an extent Albert, it's very safe. Mm-hmm. It's good, and but I mean, very like, safe. But it's safe. But I mean, like. And, and I guess this is weird because now we're at, like, the official, like, kind of year that the broadcast dubs have been officially, like, a big full right. thing. Out of all of them, this, to me, of all things, despite being a really good dub, is still, honestly, one of the weakest ones that I watched. 
and I and that's really weird because I've seen fucking Sky Wizards. Yeah. You also, but at least Sky Wizards. But tried. you also haven't seen like shit like Showman Sample and a variety of other Sample. Things, so. No, Showman Sample I mean, tried. Yeah, uh, Showman Sample that's tried. Showman Sky Sample Wizards tried also tried. You can argue. Dance with Devils at tried. Least, here's the thing. Mm. At, tried. But here's the thing. Take a look at something like, and I, I think it's really weird. And I know our our Twitter chat has been talking about this. And it's really weird because they were the thing, the two things paired up on the Funimation advertisement, because the whole theme for winter was um, distant future, far away past, Grimgar and Dimension W. Grimgar took a lot of risks with its main oh, cast. Oh, absolutely! Look at who the main cast is: Rico Fajardo, Justin Briner, the only uh, Gene Tirado, Orion or Orion Pitch, Gene Tirado, um, Jared Green. Sarah Wiedenhaft and even Jade Saxton too. Then, well, Jade Saxton, but then and then look at who the side characters right. are: Todd Habercorn, Jason Lebrecht, Mike McFarland, um, Kent Williams, Mike McFarland. Like, they're they're that's a dub that took risks with its lead characters, and it came out fantastic. And it's one of the best dubs that's that's been that's had. I honestly think that's come out. Stuff like, um, even a year ago, because I know at least when, when it first got came out and I'm kind of staring it on my shelf, Tokyo Ghoul took a lot of risk with its main cast. Austin Tyndall wasn't, isn't something who you, you think about him playing snaggy jerk-offs, not Kaneki. Well, I also, I also remember that a year ago when we first started it, you two hated Austin Tyndall. Oh, Tindall. absolutely. And now you're like, oh my I mean, god, Tyndall or nothing, bitches. Austin. Yes. And, yeah, Obi, Tyndall or nothing. But even like. Yeah. Obi Taylor, nothing, but she's like something like Sarah for the end took a risk with Justin Absolutely. Briner, and it turned out fantastic. Um, Gangsta took, I would say, Gangsta took a risk with Brandon Potter mm-hmm. as Nick, and it worked out amazingly. Um, Terror and Resonance took risks with Bevins and Jamie Markey as five and as nine and five, five yeah. and nine. Mm-hmm. And I loved I it mean, personally. Like I like going I mean, back to Terror and Resonance. I know I had my issues with Bevins because he sounded like a little bit too old for nine. But in the end, I loved it to pieces. It was great because I don't, re- yeah. I don't even recall Bevins ever really taking on a lead role. So I was like, yeah. I'm okay with this. <laughs> but yeah, it's. But I mean, like, and then, and then again, last year, what was one of our, our our shows that we said that we had the biggest problem with the dubs? Free Eternal Summer. Why they went for the lowest mm-hmm. hanging fruit? That was mainly for the fangirls, I think. Yeah, they that were was... aiming it. Well, they're, they're, for, that, that show, well, that me, show they like geared it. the dub toward a specific audience, which is one thing entirely. Which the same same can kind of be said here with Dimension W. Said about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like a lot of... I mean, it's... Again, it's... This isn't a bad dub, but... You could have done things better. Another good example, because it has a lot of old hat actors in weird things. Show by oh. Rock. Show by Rock. Rock was great. Show My Rock is phenomenal. I mean, like, yeah. The only show, the only character I, I honestly had, like, we were like, oh, yeah, Vic Mignogna's gonna be Shuzo. But thankfully, Shuzo was a minor character, and it worked out And, and he did a good job but as Shuzo. He did a good job. It worked. Shuzo. Yeah. Because he's basically, he basically I mean, is Shuzo with, you know. Shuzo in real yeah. life. But I mean, like, that show, that was a show that took four veteran voice actors I mean, Shingon Crimson is Mike McFarland, Ian Sinclair, Jerry Jewell, and Chris Sabat, and said, "Go wild, boys!" Now, and my, it worked. Took the leash off. 
My, again, my my favorite part of that show is Shin Megami Crimson's. I will I will say that until the day I die. You can put it on my tombstone. No, um, there are rumors. There we are, are rumors. Like the Shin Megami Crimson's fan. There club. are rumors that the second season is actually going to have more emphasis on them. Oh please, please. please. I I do want one thing out of the second season of Show by Rock, and I will say this right now because I hope that they double. It's the not going to happen, it. you know. Please do, please do my favorite song. Because it's sung by Riku and Kai, and it's fantastic. And I kind of want to see Micah and Riku sing. It's not going to happen, you know that, right? I can dream, not damn it. Not for the broadcast dub, at least. Maybe for the home release, but... The home video better fucking happen. Anyway. <laughs> I, the consensus for our final thoughts, uh, uh, final impressions on the dub for Dimension W. Good. A big fat good, sigh. Good, but safe. Right. Very safe. Again... We're not trying. Well, as always, whenever this comes up, we're we're not trying to be mean. Like we we we're not bashing it. We all think it's good. It's just that we it's just yeah. safe. Like we we totally we we absolutely respect the voice actors and the staff that are involved with each of these productions and these projects. We're just being critical as always, you know, um, and our we're fans, not actors, not producers, not directors. This is our side of it. Again, we don't know what goes into this. We don't know how much input the Japanese staff right. had on it. I um, mean, and considering Dimension I W mean, is one that Funimation helped produce, essentially, there might have been some say um, on the in terms of the dub from the Japanese side. We don't know that. Um, we don't know the details, obviously. Um, we're just being opinionated on things. Um, but I guess I guess we should probably end this at this point. Um, yeah, at this point we need to All go. Alright. Uh, if you are interested in seeing the broadcast dub for Dimension W, you can do so Saturday evenings slash Sunday mornings on Toonami. I th what time is that? Like, 1, 1 30. I want to say it's... Isn't it the 12 o'clock show or is that Parasite? Uh, it's one or the other. Um, but... Uh, if you do not have access to cable like Hardy and I do... Um, you can actually stream the episodes on Funimation.com on their streaming services. However, uh, it is behind by like two, weeks. two three weeks or so. Um, it's again, two weeks behind Toonami. Two weeks. Basically, yes. Um, again, the reason why this episode was delayed, essentially. Um, but if you want to check out the entire show, uh, the entire simulcast is streaming on Funimation. Uh, the show just wrapped up. Uh, <laughs> A week or so ago, last two weeks. Sounds ago. about right. Um, and I believe, uh, I believe at this point, all of the episodes are free for that one. Let me just double check. Uh, yes, all twelve episodes of Dimension W for the simulcast are free on Funimation's website. None of them are hiding behind the Elite Subscriber paywall. If you want to access the broadcast sub on Funimation's streaming services, you do have to have an Elite subscription to their services. Uh, for Funimation now and all that stuff. Um, in order to do so, you have the option of signing up for. I believe it's still a 14-day free trial. It's not 30 right now. Yeah. Um, it for the 14-day free trial, uh, which gives you access to lots and lots of uh, dubs and extras and things like that. Um, but in order to do so, hit it, Hardy. <laughs> in order to do, <sighs> so, hold on. In order to do so, 
the, their program and their system does ask for credit card information. So of course, if you just want to use the 14 day free trial, make sure before the end of that 14 days, you cancel your subscription or else they will start pulling money from your account. But you will probably love the subscription service so much and the immense amounts of anime that it entitles Hardy. How many, how much anime are we talking here? Hit it, boy. I ain't saying it. It's, well, they changed it. It's not over 9,000 episodes. It's like, what is it now? Over over 100,000 minutes of anime. Yep. It includes, uh, uh, includes dubs, again, extras, and a variety of other things. Again, personal experience. I love the service. It works out wonderfully, especially for me being a reviewer type, and it helps out a lot. Um... Yeah, and they're be- always going back and adding more titles of their backlog to, like just today, as of this recording, um, they just recently added both Chrono Crusade and Gantz to the streaming uh, service, which have never been added before. Well, damn, that makes me buying Chrono Crusade on DVD fucking well, useless. it's still a good show, from what yeah. I hear. Um, but yeah, if you want to do that, you can do that. Um pretty sure also as well more than likely the simulcast is also streaming on hulu if you are in north america um if i had to take a guess uh let's see in terms of upcoming episodes because now that we've finished the round of winter broadcast thank god backlog gambit thank you funimation for not making us go through another 10 for the spring season (laughs) thank god you guys okay um we have can I just can I just say it is safe to assume we are never going to try to cover all the broadcast dubs again. Yeah, mostly because half of them were shitty shows. Yeah, no, yeah, we might do one occasionally, but that was I, oh my god. <laughs> I think I think what we'll do is we'll try to cover double talk always, mm-hmm. and then just for the for whatever happens, just see what happens, whatever comes yeah. next. I mean, luckily, there's only a small handful of broadcast subs for this coming season, so we might cover all of them, not making any promises. Um, but in terms of episodes coming up, until those spring broadcast dubs start coming out, um, I know episodes have been planned, and we are planning on recording them very soon. Uh, Your Lie in April, of course. Uh, Garo the Animation. Monthly Goes Ozaki-kun. And because I'm a dumbass and didn't realize these first two episodes were up, Probably should be pushing up Rage of Bahamut as well um, Mm -hmm. to get up there. So we do have some episodes that are coming up um, before we go back into broadcast dub hell, potentially. In Rage of Bahamut, I will be replaced by one. (laughs) It will be glorious. Sneebus is going to be me. It was gonna. It's gonna be glorious. But anyways, unless uh, 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 otherwise than that, if you want to hear or see things from us outside of this podcast, of course. Um, Hardy, you can follow Hardy uh, on Twitter, at Spaceman Hardy, of course, where he always posts pictures of goats, talks about Bleach, and his hashtag 366 Days of Bleach shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Donkey, Donkey pants. pants forever. Yes. Well All day, a, every day. As well as a variety of other things. Megan, of course, you can find her on Twitter, at QueenEra2, as well as... Uh, the as well as the YouTube channel Anime America for any reviews and top tens that she does over there, and then of course for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review Review being spelled R E V U E, where I post mostly things, mostly stuff about 
me being busy as hell and how adulting sucks. Um, but you can also, of course, subscribe here if you want to catch more episodes of Dub Talk or any other reviews or other content that I do. And you all, there's also um, my blog as well. Uh, link is in the description. Um, and oh yeah, and I should, can I can I can I hype one more thing? What? If you happen to live in Florida, specifically in the Tampa area, because we're two months out, well, three months out from it now, and you like free shit, come to LameCon. It's a convention I help run. It's really awesome and free. Oh, and if you're in the Memphis, Tennessee area three months from now, if you want to come hang out with me, I don't have any free stuff, but, I mean, I'm awesome, and you can totally just chill out with me. I'm going to be at Anime Blues Con on the July 4th weekend. Anime Boston already happened, so I'm... Con stuff, yeah. Um, yeah. But oh, dude, holy shit! Dongan rope is on sale. <laughs> anyway, it, well, it's on sale for twenty three bucks until April. Oh god, April. damn it! Don't tell me that. I'm, I'm my wallet's still recovering from Anime Boston. I need to pay my rent this week. Quick, anyway, Stephanie, finish it quick. Yeah. Well, the other thing I wanted to plug real quickly um, is I do have a Patreon page. Um, if you like this kind of content and are interested in helping me out and helping us out kind of because one of the rewards or one of the milestone goals for the patreon is actually getting the audio versions of the podcast onto soundcloud um so if you'd like to help us out so we can try and expand the podcast a bit more um there's a should be a link in the description below to the patreon page there's also some fun little rewards and other stuff in there too um but if you would especially like to hear this podcast on soundcloud and you want audio versions of it I would suggest donating. Um, but otherwise than that, so that is it for us tonight. It's almost midnight, and I gotta get up at 5.30 in the morning for work again. <laughs> God damn it. I gotta go to the gym. Well, lucky you. I gotta go sleep. I've been yawning a lot this episode. I apologize. But um, I'm probably gonna be playing Fire Emblem because I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I gotta watch more of your line, April, but not tonight. Um, so I think that's it for us. So say your goodbyes, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Keep it manly. And from all of us here at Dub Talk to you out there, Otaku on, my friends. 